Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, my guest is Roger St. Amand. He is one of our members who travels through the Welland Canal uh, many, many times each year. And today we're going to talk about the Welland itself. We're going to touch briefly on some of the specifics about this year related to COVID and whether United States citizens can actually do this. And then we'll talk about how you actually go about locking through on the Welland because it is very different than pretty much all of the other canals on the Great Loop. So before I officially bring Roger into the conversation, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneto, Curtis Stokes and Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. Roger, thank you so much for joining me today. We really appreciate it. There's lots of questions out there right now about the Welland Canal. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, and um, you've been great providing some information to our members in our forum. Um, And of course, you live in that area and transit the canal a lot. Uh, Just to kind of set the stage before we really jump into the practical how-tos, current status, what are you hearing out there about whether or not U.S. citizens can actually do the Welland? Because it really does go through Canada. Well, the information is all over the place. I had only two American yachts through the canal. And one was a U.S. captain delivering a boat from Ohio to Rochester. And he did the paperwork that Custom wanted. And uh, he made his trip down and brought the trade and back up the canal, no problems. Uh, there is a boat coming tomorrow, a U.S. boat. Uh, Customs had told the owner he cannot be on the boat, so he has hired a captain. And uh, there's just so many unanswered questions. Yeah, so many questions. And, of course, the U.S.-Canadian border is still closed. Um, for those of you listening who maybe aren't too familiar with the Welland Canal, because most loopers never do the Welland, um, or maybe aren't familiar with the whole background of how we got to this spot this year, um, of course, due to the COVID-19 restrictions, United States citizens cannot currently check into Canada unless it's an essential commercial need. Um, and the Erie Canal and the New York, other New York State canals have been closed uh, while they were finishing up repairs that were put on hold during the coronavirus outbreak in New York. So at this point in time, we're recording a couple days early. It's um, August 5th right now. The Erie Canal is open for the full length. So you can currently get from the Hudson River to Lake Erie via the Erie Canal. The uh, hindrance there for many loopers, though, is that the western part of the Erie has some low bridges. You have to be able to clear about 15 feet to be able to get the full length of the Erie Canal. So many loopers who can't clear those those low bridges turn off of the Erie Canal into the Oswego Canal, which leads to Lake Ontario. Most will then cross Lake Ontario and continue through the Trent Severn Waterway, which is completely within Canada. That, of course, is not doable at this point in time. So we're a few days now away from the projected opening of the Oswego Canal, which will allow those boats with a little bit of a higher air draft to continue through and reach Lake Ontario. From there, the only way to continue their loop is to take the Welland Canal, which will take them from Lake Ontario 
to Lake Erie. Um, so because most boats that want to stay in the U.S. and are going out to Lake Erie are specifically able to cross the Erie under that 15-foot bridge, the Welland is just not a real popular route for loopers. It certainly has been done by many, but just not too common. The waterway is very different, and this season you have the added questions about checking into Canada. So uh, AGLCA itself has reached out to the Canadian Border Services Agency, CBSA, gotten different answers. Um, the CBSA has a website that was updated specific to COVID-19 that says that um, boaters may transit Canadian waters, and they define transit meaning you know going through but not stopping, except for essential things like fuel. So the Welland should qualify under that exemption, but many members have been told by CBSA that they do have to have a commercial captain aboard, thereby making it a commercial transaction and that commercial vessels are allowed through. So that's a little bit of a lengthy background on where we are, but um, Roger has been instrumental in providing some local information to members. Um, and as he said, it's all over the board. So as the Oswego opens up in the next few days, hopefully we'll get some real world information from those that are attempting to go through. Several loopers have hired that captain to take them through. Um, some have been told they can't remain aboard. Some have been told they can remain aboard. So lots of question marks. Um, but for those who do make the arrangements to get through the well, and it actually will be easier if you have a captain aboard with you, because as we said, it's a very commercial waterway. And the captain, of course, if you are looping as a couple, would be the third person aboard. And the Welland has some kind of interesting um, requirements. So that's what I want to focus on today with Roger, since he's been through so many times, is what are the uh, things that you need to know to successfully transit the Welland Canal? Um, so let's start, Roger, if you can tell us what makes the canal and the locks different from some of the other lock systems on the Great Loop. Yeah, just just one more question about customs. Yeah, please. Uh, with Oswego is opening on set, or next Monday, and I have several American boats on my list that are coming this way. So we should have a pretty good answer by, I would say, Thursday or Friday, what's going on. Okay, excellent. And I do have, I do have a looper coming this way who may try and go through themselves, and mm -hmm. I'll be with them. So I'm sort of hoping they might do that, then we'll get a definite answer. Th that's so, great. And uh, since this will be airing on uh, Friday, August 7th, um, Roger's exactly right. The scheduled opening of the Oswego is Monday, October, I'm sorry, August 10th. Um, so just a few days from now, and we should have some good information to pass along by then. So for AGLCA members, Roger, I'm hoping you'll post that in the forum as you, you've been doing? Yes, it will. Excellent. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, how come let's, and I already started with a question, but let's back up again a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. You mentioned you've gone through the, the Welland hundreds of times. Tell us a little bit about that. Why is it that you are a frequent traveler on that waterway? Okay. The, when you do an upbound trip, uh, you need three people on the boat. And mm -hmm. many people travel with two and special, especially delivery captains. They only run with two people. So I'll go on as a third. And if I do bigger yachts, I go on as a pilot, a 100-foot yacht and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And on a downbound trip, you can do it with two people. But once you get over 50 feet, I recommend a third, a third person. As if it's a windy day, mm -hmm. you may have to raft alongside another boat, and it's pretty difficult with just two people. Yeah. So, And that leads into the question I had asked previously, which is what makes – 
the Welland Canal so different from other locks? Why is it that three people are required for upbound transit? Okay, in upbound transit, you're going upbound, and they put 23 million gallons of water in the lock in 12 minutes. Wow. And there's a lot of turbulence, and the master must stay at the, at the helm, and the deckhands handle the, the ropes. Mm-hmm. Now they have decreased the fill to 20 minutes, which does help a lot. It's not as bad as it used to be. Mm-hmm. So really, the the the, uh, the current that's created by that volume of water uh, can be a little bit more difficult on that line handling than a lot of locks might be. M- most yes. loopers are heading downbound, um, but they also have some requirements on the well end, and it, this makes total sense if you've been through some of the U.S. locks. Um, the well end now only locks boats upbound some days and downbound other days. So can you give us the lowdown on that? Most loopers are going downbound. So what days can they actually lock through? Uh, correction to that. Loopers are going upbound, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. They're going from Lake Ontario to Lake Erie. And upbound is Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Downbound is Tuesday, Thursday, I don't know, correction, I'm sorry. Upbound is Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. And downbound is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Um, And most loopers are going upbound. So most loopers do need three people aboard, correct? Yeah. Okay. I was incorrect about that. Go back and it's upbound. Upbound is Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. And the other days are downbounds, which would be okay. Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday, yeah, yeah. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all of this is available online. Um, there's also kind of a guide for pleasure craft to the well end that I've sent to several members. So if, if anybody's looking for that and can't find it online, you can certainly email me about that. Um, there's also some regulations kind of to pre-purchase lock passes for the well end. How does that work? Yes, they are now using an app called Seculink. It's S-E-C-U-N-I-K, and you must use that, and they will not take cash or used to take credit cards, but that's, they have stopped that now. Okay. And so when you, you, print, when you... When you get this app, and when you get the lock number eight, the information will come up on the lock master screen. There's nothing to print. It will show Okay, and, and the, the tolls are two hundred dollars Canadian. Mm-hmm. So for an American, that'll be about one hundred and forty dollars because you get your full exchange on your money. Okay, that's also very good to know. So, what's the the actual procedure once you've purchased your passes? Um, you know, one of the things that's unusual about the Welland is you you can't stop along the way. It's a full day transit. So, tell us a little bit about you know how does the day start and what can you expect. So what you'll do in the morning, uh, the day before, you should arrive to do customs because on an upbound trip, you must be checked in by 9 a.m. in the morning. And if you arrived that morning at 7 o'clock and customs were coming to the boat, you would miss that turn as only do one set of lockages a day. And um, the number for customs is one eight 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 two two six. 7277 and normally they want to know your passport numbers 
number of people on board, how much alcohol and cigarettes you have. And with the alcohol, they don't really bother you because you're just transiting the canal. Mm-hmm. And legally, you only allow one bottle of liquor or case of beer, but they turn the other way in that. Then oh. that, then that, after you clear customs, you would call the seaway at one two eight nine six nine zero four three four four and report in. Then the following morning, be at the dock. I by nine o'clock. I recommend eight o'clock. Then call the seaway again and confirm you're ready to travel. Okay. And you mentioned that there's only one lockage a day, basically. So tell us a little bit about, you know, why that is, how does that process work? Okay, the reason for that, uh, up until last year, sometimes you had to wait one or two days to transit the canal because they couldn't, they couldn't fit you in with the commercial ships. The commercial ships, they pay $23,000 to go through the canal. So you'll know who will go first. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So they came up with the idea of doing the upbounds in certain days and downbounds in certain days. So this way here, they want you checked in by nine o'clock, then they'll start that group through the canal. Sometimes you may have to wait an hour, just depends on the, on the shipping. Then you're guaranteed to get through that day. And they have students doing the lines and they will actually follow you from lock to lock. So when you leave lock number one, uh, the speed limit six knots. Just take your time. It's a mile away, and as uh, they have to drive to the next lock, so it, it's a slow, a little bit slower procedure now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one pleasure craft lockage a day, and the rest of the time they're locking through commercial vessels. Is that correct? That's correct. And okay, if you happen to have a, a full size freighter ahead of you, you're looking at a ten to twelve hour trip. Mm-hmm. Now, if you got a day where the commercial traffic is light, you may get through in seven or eight hours. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I was kind of alluding to that, it, you know, it's not like some other canals. It's not like the Trent Severin where you can stop for the night along the way and there's lots of towns and things to do along the way. Um, you are truly just transiting this canal. Um, so tell us a little bit, if, if you have the details, you know, how many miles or kilometers is the the canal how many locks are there any i'm assuming because of the freighters there's no um overhead clearance or depth or width issues for pleasure craft but tell us a little bit of those stats if you will of the canal okay the, the canal is 26 miles long there are eight locks and the first seven locks are in the first seven miles of the canal and they're all 45 foot lifts then when you depart number seven to go to lock eight it's 13 miles to port coburn and that lock only goes up two feet, so you do not you do not tie up in that lock. You just sit in the middle, and then out, out you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you said it's you know seven, eight, nine, ten hours or so to do the full length. Um, are there any? We know you can't stop overnight, but are there any opportunities, any places that you can stop, or is it just a continuous keep on moving? No. What will happen on a busy day when you depart, say lock number one? You have a ship ahead of you, and you'll have to tie up the tie at the tie up wall below the lock. And the walls are like three thousand feet long. And one thing to note: the mooring posts are about seventy-five feet apart. So you want to maybe double up your lines to tie up. That's that's a problem some days with a forty-foot boat or or a thirty-foot boat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, 
then on those tie-up walls, you see red signs, limit of approach, LA1, 2, and 3. Uh, they will display a red light, and they do not want you to go past that red light. And you'll okay. tie there until the downbound or the lock is ready for you. Okay, so the, that's kind of the, the waiting spot when you see those red lights. Yep, and every lock is, and they're, they're nice clean walls and lots of marine posts, but they say they're spread apart. And you could be there 45 minutes to an hour sometimes. Mm -hmm. so okay. you have time to walk around. You can't get out, it's all, all fenced in for security. Right. Okay, let's take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we'll just make sure we've, we've touched on everything and all of the details that loopers will need to successfully transit the Welland. Um, so we'll be back in a moment. Green Turtle Bay Marina and Resort has consistently been voted a must-stop by loopers. It has earned the coveted five-anchor designation from Quimby's Cruising Guide. This full-service marina features over 450 slips. They are located at mile marker 31.5 on the scenic Cumberland River. Green Turtle Bay is a proud commander sponsor of AGLCA, so join them and find your waterway of life. We're back on Great Loop Radio today. We are chatting with Roger St. Amand. Roger is a member of AGLCA who is very willing to share his knowledge of the Welland, which he has gained by transiting that canal hundreds of times, which is uh, highly unusual for one of our members. Most members never do the Welland. Um, a few have done it, you know, once or twice here or there for specific reasons, but we do expect there to be more pleasure craft on the Welland this year for the reasons we've already described with the Canadian border being closed. The only way really to continue the loop if you your air draft is over 15 feet is to get to Lake Ontario uh, and then head through the Welland to Lake Erie and that way you can head all the way around Michigan and continue. Um, so what are your thoughts, uh, Roger, based on you know just your perception of what you know about the Welland, but also you've been in touch with a lot of loopers and pleasure craft that are planning to transit the Welland. Any thoughts on what Pleasure craft should expect in terms of traffic since since Americans can't get into the Canadian uh, border right now. Well, the, it's very hard to say. Um, the commercial traffic is quite busy these days, and as far as American boats and the yachts in the town, I don't expect too many this year. There are a lot of dealers in the Great Lakes are bringing new boats up. Uh, I have several trips booked for next week, as a lot of these boats from overseas are unloaded in New York City and brought through the Erie Canal system and up the Welland Canal. Mm -hmm. Probably 20, 25 new boats a year come up through the seaway. Mm -hmm. So it's been a quiet year for you so far. Yeah, I've actually only made one trip and yeah. <laughs> probably 98% of my trip are Americans. And, uh, and there's not that much came traffic going through either because of the COVID virus. Right. Yeah, certainly a challenging year from all different perspectives. Um, Roger, you met, mentioned that, you know, for 40 foot or so boats, you may sometimes want to double up on your lines. Is there perhaps a um, length of line that you re recommend loopers have aboard to do the Welland? Well, if you're a 40 foot boat and you got the posts are 75 feet apart, you know, a couple of 50 foot lines or even tie a couple, a couple together to get mm -hmm. to the post and that, that'll do, do a pretty good job. Okay. And tell us a little bit about the posts. Um, you know, in, in the U.S., some of our Corps of Engineers locks have bollards, uh, some have pins. You know, tell us about the process of locking through. Do you uh, lasso the post, essentially, or, or is it a different process? 
No, when you enter the lock, you're the, you're at the bottom of the lock. Mm-hmm. And you'll see two half-inch lines hanging down the wall okay. tied together. Mm-hmm. And be very cautious now with the students. They're, they're not allowed to cross the yellow line at the top of the wall. So they will lower the, drop the lines over, and they will float on the surface. And sometimes there could be three or four sets of lines there. So if you're the first boat, just be careful around those ropes. Then you take your boat hook and grab the ropes. Then when you get the rope on your deck, untie the knot and put one in the bow and one in the stern. And on your stern rope, take it to the far side of the boat. And that gives you a good lead to the wall. And that will hold the boat square to the wall. If you Mm -hmm. go to the inside of the boat, the rope straight up and down the wall and the boat's all over the place. Great advice. Any other tips or things that you would want Pleasure Craft to know before they head into the well end this season? Okay, the, the seaway uses channel 14, and it's very important you stay in that channel because you are you could be passing large freighters, which are 730 feet long, and they're 78 feet wide. And, uh, and uh, then... Um, what else here? Um, okay, when you come to a, a bridge or a lock, do not enter or go under a bridge unless you have a green light. And if for some reason you don't get a green light, they will contact you in the radio and tell you to proceed. But always wait for a green light. And also, when you enter a lock, you'll see a channel displayed on the wall as you enter. And that is the channel for the lockmaster. Now, lock one is important to listen to that lock master, but once you leave that lock, you will, you will tie in the same position as every lock, so it's not necessary really to switch over every time. And I find if you have an extra radio on board, keep your main radio in channel 14 and use your portable. Just put on the lock structure, then you can hear them talking when they're getting ready to raise you and stuff like that. that. Okay, and and of course... Because of COVID-19, we, of course, encourage everyone to be especially courteous about those regulations. Um, Roger, I don't know if you know if if masks are required when locking through. I know they are for for some of the U.S. locks at this point. No, at this time, they don't require the mask. Okay. uh, yeah, um, but of course, uh, social distance as best you can uh, for those lock workers' safety. And of course, if you have a third person aboard, which it sounds like you will need, um, such as, as Roger, um, for their protection as well. I mean, boating is a great way to social distance, but probably some of the closest interaction you will have with other people will be when you're locking through. So, you know, be cautious and, and courteous and make sure to keep your social distance and wear your mask is, is if you are so inclined, if it's not a requirement, obviously you don't have to, um, but that uh, seems to be a, what's happening here in the U.S. is a lot of the, the locks are requiring masks for people to lock through. Um, Roger, anything else on this unusual looper transit through a canal that we okay, should know? One more, one more thing. Uh, yeah. Normie, you... You do have to raft in the lock sometimes, but because of the COVID virus, there's no rafting this year. And but if you later on the year, if you start rafting, I always recommend to put two spring lines out, a bound stern line to the other boat with two spring lines to secure in the lock. Now, in locks one, two, 
three and seven, you are at the north end of the lock. And that's, and when you leave that lock, you have like 800 feet to get out of the lock and be very careful as you go up the wall. Sometimes it wants to pull you towards the wall. So when you cast off, try and get out the center of the lock, especially on a windy day, because it's, on a windy day, it's very hard to get out the lock wall sometimes. Okay. So, uh, Roger, uh, last question, I think, unless you have more to add, but so for loopers who don't have that third person that they need aboard, um, how do they go about finding someone such as yourself who can um, fulfill that requirement for them? Because besides fulfilling the requirement, it is great to have someone with this level of knowledge that you have aboard for the Welland. Yeah, what they'll do is when the Seaway asks how many people you have on board, if you only have two people, they will tell you to call a local marina. They cannot uh, recommend me or someone like that. They'll call you, have a call local marina. And the local marinas have uh, my phone number and a few other phone numbers of people. And also at the Ontario end of Lake Ontario, there are two marinas. Um, and at Lake Erie end, there's one one marina up there. It's a big marina. And uh, they have fuel and stuff like that. Okay. Roger, this has been hugely helpful. Um, it's always a challenge for us to find information for places that are not typical looper locations. And as I said, we do have some loopers who have gone through the well and before, um, particularly uh, catamarans that are too wide in some cases for the Trent Severn, where I, I believe the uh, most narrow lock on the Trent Severn is about 23 feet in width. So a catamaran that has a wider than 23 foot beam would typically take the Welland instead. So uh, some of our loopers that are on catamarans have taken the Welland. Um, some have taken it for the experience, but again, it's not a very typical looper um, path to travel. Most people do the Trent Severin. So those of you who are headed that way are in for a great treat because it's always nice to do something unusual that not everybody does. So hopefully all of you planning that will report back to us. Um, Roger, thank you so much. I'm always blown away by our members who share this level of knowledge with us, um, just to be kind and generous to their fellow members. So thank you for that. We appreciate you being with us. Okay, just one more thing. And yep, oh, please, transit. yeah, absolutely. It's, it's Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They got that straight now. I had it written Monday, down. Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the upbound. Yeah, and the other days are downbound. Okay, yeah, so extra Sunday. Day, extra, extra day for upbounds. Yeah. Okay, so Sunday, Monday, over Wednesday, the, over Friday. The year, over the years, I've... Uh, I've done several Uber boats, and they're in maybe the 50 to 60 foot range, mm -hmm. where they'd rather do the Welland Canal than the than the Trent Canal because of dra drafts. That and is excellent the, point. Yep. And also in the Welland Canal, the locks are 80 feet wide, 800 800 feet long, and they guarantee 120 foot clearance for your. Yeah, so uh, the larger looper boats won't have any issues whatsoever no. on the well. And thank you for mentioning um, the draft because you're absolutely right. That is the other place that loopers uh, could struggle on the Trent Severin. Um, the the depth that they maintain the Trent to is, is said to be six feet, but you do have to sign a waiver if you draw more than five feet. So yes, um, some of our looper sailboats with a deeper keel, uh, some of our bigger boats that uh, draw more than five feet might prefer the well end, the option of the well end. And certainly if you draw more than five and a half, you, you certainly do not want to do the Trent and would be looking at the well and canal. So thank you for pointing that out. Any other tips you want to put out there for loopers and other pleasure craft about the well end? Yes. A very important thing is your fenders. Um, when you're going up in the lock, some locks have a lot of pressure against the wall. 
So you want to have your fenders on the rails to get that extra distance, distance to hold you off the wall. Then when you get near the top, you can lower a couple of fenders down. And also, uh, when you leave a lock and you see a ship coming at you, that ship is going to slide the wall, actually slides along the wall to get in the lock. So when you exit the lock, you want to stay out of his way. And uh, also, uh, be very cautious using your bow thruster too much because what will happen, you're, you could run your batteries down or overheat the breakers and, uh, and you have no bow thruster. That happens a lot. And uh, in lock number five going into six, uh, the gate's 100 feet tall. And if you pass those gates, stay out in the center as it will, there's a strong eddy there, which will pull you into the gate. And make sure you stay in channel 14 all the time if traffic wants you so they can get you. I think that's it, Kim. Okay. Well, those are great tips and, and definitely some things that are different. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I put the fender on, on my rails before. So uh, hugely helpful. Um, you did, though, mention bow thrusters. Um, not all looper boats have bow thrusters. Is that something that you think would really be needed to do the well and successfully, or have you gone with a lot of boats that did not have bow thrusters? Well, most boats do have bow thrusters now, but uh, uh, it is a good thing. Uh, but I say in in the well and if you're in locks four, five, and six, it's definitely going to hold you against the wall. Mm -hmm. And be very careful if you take your your pole to push off, because if that pole slips you end up in the water. So if you want to do any pushing, use your hands. I have seen people using their poles uh, to push off and uh, and I've seen a couple of bad accidents. And uh, that's about it. And with that, I think we'll close it there again. Roger, thank you so okay. much for the info. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Uh, to our listeners, thanks for joining us once again on Great Loop Radio. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>